I'm glad. Uh, tell me... That's all you're getting. Okay, I want to talk to my union rep. That's fine. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that is farm to table with your meals. I knew it. I knew <laughs> that was going to be the opener. Something to do with the blood. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's up? How are you doing? I'm feeling Transylvanian, Stephen. <laughs> oh, I just... Mm, the, we'll get there. The image of that is forever seared into my brain. It's great. <laughs> it has been a long time since we've recorded. It is. It, it's been like a week and a half since we've recorded. Yes. We went home. I went home for Thanksgiving. You went home for Thanksgiving. Did you go home? Only uh, during the day. It's a very quick drive to where my Fair. extended family all meets up. So I drove six and a half hours. Yeah. Not, not so much a, a day trip. That sucks. Yeah. It could have been worse. I could have been going all the way home. My family is up in northern Minnesota. My sibling is in the Twin Cities, so we kind of just met in the middle on this one, which was very, very nice on my perspective. Sure. Good good on a drive. Uh, any Anything new with you? Nothing I can say on the podcast. Cool. Um, oh, I've mentioned I'm directing a show. We... By the time this comes out, we should have our cast confirmed, hopefully. We're just waiting on people to answer their emails. <laughs> uh, it's always the people that are the problem. Well, I mean, it's over Thanksgiving holiday, so right. we, I, we we expected this kind of delay. Right. I just don't know when they'll get back to us now. Sure. You got a good point. Speaking of answering emails, I have a lot of emails to answer from you guys. If you want to send us an email, you can do that. Send it to SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can send it to us on Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or we have a Reddit, you slash SurvivorTBT, where I post things every once in a while. I get active in the Survivor subreddits. I harass people sometimes. Eventually I'll make an Instagram, but I just haven't. <laughs> that is a choice. <laughs> do, do podcasts have an Instagram? Sometimes. Okay. I mean, I want to just make memes, sure. so that's really the best place to post memes that isn't Twitter, and I don't use Twitter. You know what? That makes sense. Yeah. All right. I'm going to... So, we have a lot of emails because we haven't answered them. We've been out for a week and a half. We didn't answer them on the first episode because we had a special guest, and it was a long episode anyway. That would have added even more time Jeez, to it. Yeah. So, I'm, I picked and I chose... Bits and pieces from everyone's emails, so I'm sorry. I did read all of it, but to actually get all of it on the podcast would be too much. So, let us start with... Which I will say is a good problem to have, oh, so I thank you all. Yes, thank you. I'm not telling you to shorten your emails. Don't, because all of the things I'm looking at and like, oh, that's great. These are great things for me. And again, there's lots of hee 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 hee, Jared won't know this. Yeah, I don't get to read them. Which is great. Starting with Carl. Carl emails, we have three of them, but I picked out little bits. Carl, from the not finale, the episode before the finale, I believe that was 14? No, 13. Something like that. Yeah, 213. When he found out that Elizabeth, about Elizabeth's TV career, I had a very similar reaction to Jared. <laughs> however, well, okay, this isn't a however, this is an, an addition to what we already know. Apparently at some point... She stopped returning Roger's calls. Oh, that's so much worse. I know. It's kind of piling on at this point. That was all an act. Aww. It was a good act. It's I good enjoyed act. the act. Or maybe she was, she played the young, innocent, lovely human for a long time. And then Hollywood, not Hollywood, politics, I guess, made her cynical. Political reporting. Yeah. That's what you want to call that? Money. Licking the Bush administration's boots. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned that we felt like Survivor fumbled the bag with season two being so focused on actual surviving. Uh, this is Carl's perspective. And while 100% get where you're coming from, at the time Survivor was insanely popular, people in general weren't bored by it like we are. Sure. We're, they're also not watching it back to back to back to back. Correct. So having time in between definitely helps. It was just generally well-liked by the public. And 
Survivor will dip in popularity sharply in season three because of 9-11. When that happens, people start condemning reality TV for being silly distractions that are disrespectful to our heroes in Iraq. Oh, God. I, I will say, I, I, I regret giving off the tone that I didn't like season two. Okay. I didn't like as much as Borneo. What was more, what was so frustrating was they were so close on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was like, they had such a good cast. You know, they started working in more game elements. And the fumbling of the bag that I refer to is just like, you were so close to this being great. And you focused on the wrong stuff that made it not as good as it potentially could have been. Like, it was just missed potential to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the finale, I think you guys missed a bit of subtext in Jerry's question, and we all know that you can't spell subtext. Never mind. Jerry's basically asking for an apology from Colby. Yes. It, oh, no, I know that. that that's why I was referring to, the, like, and Colby gives her nothing. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, she was 100% asking for it. Please, please give me an apology. I will give you my vote. Oh. I don't know if it would have gotten her vote, but well. I do agree that she was asking for it. <laughs> uh... And says, to be fair to Keith, with mm. uh, little ducks tomato <laughs> subtext. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tina apparently suggested the marriage proposal. Since he was going to do it way earlier in the show, drawing in the sand a helicopter shot or something like that. Uh, oh, he's going to propose to his girlfriend by, dry, by drawing in the sand, like, will you marry me? But got cold feet. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's one. Okay. Yes. I, I, I instantly gave it the negative because it's Keith. I will say, <laughs> uh, you know, I was describing motives of Keith that maybe aren't there. You know, uh, I don't know how much of a novelty an internet chat room is. It still feels a little weird to me, even for the time. It feels really kind of like impersonal, but okay. Yeah. And then in uh, 3-1... Understand the concerns about respecting the local culture, but I think season three does a far better job than season one or two. Uh, I don't see a reason for the tribe names to be problematic. If anything, it may help the cast remember the names of actual tribes that live there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I wasn't saying that it is problematic. I'm saying I'm worried it's going to become if they, don't, if they aren't respectful. And so far, episode two was pretty dang respectful yeah. of, of the land and of the people that live there and uh, seems like pretty accurate to the way that they live or lived. So I'm hope I'm actually a little more hopeful for that now that we've seen episode two. Yeah, this is really interesting. We're getting a lot of nice back and forth with our audience at this point. Mm-hmm. Of, hey, <laughs> I like your thoughts. Wait, let's... <laughs> wait, 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 officer, hold on. <laughs> I swear. Those are all great things. And again, I, I didn't bring all of it into this this is just small bits but thank you for all your thoughts carl uh moving on to tyler elizabeth is also a supporter of breast cancer research awareness initiatives flipping on the other side there are good things everyone no one is black and white there's so much gray and moral questioning in everyone yeah people Um, are not a monolith and did an online psa on breast cancer diagnosis and related to her celiac disease wrote a best-selling book, The G-Free Diet, A Gluten-Free Survival Guide. Cool. Yeah. Also appeared in the 2008 film Maid of Honor as herself. Where A lot of Tyler interesting things are fun, fun little tidbits of facts of hmm. where are they now. Also had a reunion with Roger on The View in 2013. Oh, that's cute. That is cute. After the show, Colby had several acting credits in addition to Curb... He also was on episodes of Reba, Eight Simple Rules, Joey, and Bones. He was on Bones? Wow. All I right. forgot Joey was a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And several commercials and spokesperson for Schick Razors. Makes sense. Yeah. He's, He's charismatic and attractive. Yeah. He can grow a good beard. I can't do that. Neither. I, I will never be a razor salesman. <laughs> I can show them the very good after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you like corner mustaches, I can give you that, but not the middle. And then regarding Tina, I've heard several theories regarding lack of credit. One that we touched on that they didn't want the winner to seem villainous again. Mm -hmm. uh, So they didn't show the more manipulative moments. But I've also heard that some of the more strategic play occurred when the cameras weren't there, including convincing Colby to get rid of Mitchell on the walk to tribal. Sure. And also the 
she was possibly the one who got the information that Deb voted for Jeff at the first tribal council. So maybe she was the one mm. kind of leading the charge on that, the Varner vote. Mm. And that just comes back to having camera crews in the right places at the right times, mm-hmm. which is the show's fault, not Tina's. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, so many good thoughts. Again, I'm, I'm skimming through this real quick. Moving on to Josh. Josh has a couple bonus points. Survivor Africa was delayed after 9-11. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, the mole season two tried to keep on schedule by releasing on time and was harshly criticized by the media, leading to its cancellation eventually. Wow. I mean, yes. It it was kind of canceled, kind of not, because they would bring it back for Celebrity Mole, which is not very good. People really lost their mind over 9-11. And, like, I get it. It's a big deal. Oh, yeah, it was. But, like, that was just, like, the thing, huh? Because <laughs> think about it. I mean... Not to get too political, which is something I've very much stayed away from, if you haven't noticed. That's sarcasm. <laughs> like, January 6th was an insurrection on our nation's capital, but we didn't delay anything or change anything. Now, partially because that's an attack from within, and that's, uh, you know, political and polarizing mm-hmm. and shouldn't be, but is, where, as opposed to an attack on the outside. But, like, yeah, I remember being a kid, and, like, 9-11 shut down the fucking country yeah, for, like, a month. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that, that's, that's fascinating because, like, even COVID, which is, you know, you know, obviously not propagated by any specific person. It's just something that happened. It's kind of a similar shutdown, but didn't have the same effect on shutting down media, shutting down television. Like, I, I have heard that Falcon the Winter Soldier had to change. There's a rumor <laughs> that had to change a subplot about yeah. a pandemic. But that's still, people weren't like, how dare you air television during this time of grieving? Yeah. It's wild. I actually, I listened to a podcast recently of the, the You're Wrong About podcast, which has some, some interesting like tidbits here and there. They were talking about how at one point TV and film was regulated as commerce and not as art and therefore could be regulated by the U.S. government. The, mm-hmm. An original Supreme Court case ruled it as commerce and then they flipped it wow. at one point where it's like, no, 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 it is art, leading to eventually creating the... Uh, FCC? Not the FCC. Well, yes, eventually the FCC, but uh, the ratings board for movies. Oh, okay. So, interesting. A lot of self-regulating ended up in there from the (laughs) trying to keep the government out of it, Hmm. which is fun. Survivor, while created by a British person, was originally a Swedish television show. The UK tried to make its own version after Borneo, but it bombed, though the BBC has recently stated intentions to reboot it. Huh. All right. I don't know. New new British Survivor? Let's do it. <laughs> we'll cover it. No We're more. this much closer to Survivor International. That'd be pretty cool. It's so close. Another one from Josh. A lot of good predictions on this episode. I also like the, the foreshadowing. There's a lot of foreshadowing going on mm. that I'm not going to say the exact why. Okay. Lots cool. of fun there. I think Christian skipped some of the best seasons to watch. Also some of the worst. I, and included their own rankings. So I have the tier list from Josh here. I won't show it to you, all of it, but of the ones we've seen so far, Borneo, we listed as an A. Here are the, here are the categories, S, A, B, C, D, F, and completely have no idea what happened slash haven't seen or watched it. So Borneo in A looks like Australian Outback of B, and I agree with that. That's all I'll tell you for now. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I love watching these, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying in this tier maker. It's fun. <laughs> okay. That is my speed run through emails. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get into the episode? Uh, when you're in a carnival, what are those cars? What's the type of cars that like hit each other? Bumper cars? No, but like, what type of car is it? Bumper. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this episode came out on October 18th, 2001. So in the week before this episode came out, a couple of things happened. The first of which being Caleb McLaughlin was born 
better known as uh, Lucas from Stranger Things. Oh, shit. So in the week between these episodes, that child was born and is now has a successful Hollywood career, and oh. we are doing this. <laughs> um, I see no problem. I see no problems. Benny Anderson and Bjorn Ulvius, nailed it, put, uh, opened Mamma Mia uh, for the first time at the Winter Garden Theater. So oh. Mamma Mia opened in the weeks between these episodes. Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> the top song on the charts was I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez, featuring none other than Ja Rule. Ja Rule! And uh, top, of, top of the box office was Training Day. I've heard the title before. I've not seen Training Day. I think it's a buddy cop film. That sounds right. Or a a military film. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. I haven't actually seen it. Um, The other ones are ones I haven't really heard of. Bandits, Serendipity, Corky Romano, and Don't Say a Word. Yeah, I I can't say I know any of these. Nope. Cool. (laughs) Oh, before we go on, I did want to say if you've stuck with us, thank you. We didn't put out an episode for Thanksgiving. I forgot to put out a warning saying we didn't have a Thanksgiving episode because we were home with our families. Yay. So if you're looking for that, well, we're back now. We're here. I'll respond to the people who reached out about that. Anyway, we're on season three, episode two, Who's Zooming Whom? Which is a strange title for an episode. And strange I, title. I don't remember it being referenced at all in the episode. I don't either. I was waiting for it, and I, I didn't see it. One of the few episode titles that would make more sense in 2022 than in 2001. Like, surely it had to do with the... Well, we're grouping up on this tribe. Who's going to be who? And Silas being in the middle. That has to be it. Unless right? they were doing a really primitive version of the uh, video conferencing. Sure. <laughs> I don't think that existed anywhere near 2001. Very primitive. Yeah. It's just a bunch of pixels. And... Yeah, you're just sending pictures, actually. Sure. Back and forth. <laughs> uh, we get into the episode, and... Well, you start off immediately. We love our opening pictures. Cheetahs in the dark. I mean, the the wildlife is beautiful. Yeah. But the we, wildlife shots are natu- national geographic level. They really are. Yeah. We start with Clarence defending himself. Defending himself way too hard. Yeah. Like, dude, you are just... The lady doth protest too much I here. I wrote that down verbatim. Yep. Like, everyone knows... You have, your balls have been fully exposed. You just have to apologize and move on. He's in full-on panic mode, and he's trying to get Jesse's like, back up on this. He's, he's desperate. He goes up to her. He's like, she's trying to, she tried to scapegoat me. That's what I get for being too nice. The worst phrase you can ever utter while trying to get someone on your side is, that's what I get for being too nice. <laughs> you Have you ever been convinced by somebody saying that? Or a version of that? No, that's immediately making me think, oh, you're not a good person. You're, you're not a nice person. You're playing the victim. Yeah. Oof. Big oof. They also, did you catch about that they talked about how the vote went down? That they had it pre-planned? Yes, I did catch that. So they, they all... In unison, we're voting for one person. Uh, for Diane. For Diane. Little ditty about Jack and Diane. And then we put one vote on Clarence to, to scare the crap out of him. To, so that he knew he was in trouble. As if he didn't already know. Yes. And later on in the episode, they talk about it, that more people wanted to vote for him. Yeah. I think Ethan was the one that was like, yeah, let's... Let's put more... I wanted to put a vote on him, but Tom said no. You want to put... No, I think... Oh, or sorry, Ethan wanted to be the one to put the vote on him, but Tom said no, I want to be the one to do it. Is that what you're saying? No, I think that... From how I read it, it felt like I want... If I had it my way, I also would have voted for him. Mm. We maybe would have voted him out. Mm. I do appreciate this, this scenario... The way that Boron is functioning is how I think the creators of Survivor wanted it to function in season one. Mm -hmm. Like, they came together and had a discussion that we did not get to see about, okay, we're all going to go, this person screwed up, we're all going to get rid of them, but we, or we can't get rid of them yet because they are the strongest person on either tribe, probably. (laughs) So we need to get rid of the girl who's actively dying, but you know, talking through negotiating, who's going to put a vote on him? How do we keep him? How do we make sure that he still knows that he's on the outs? Baran is functioning like an actual 
tribe like it is a group-based game, and they have forgotten that only one of them will win. Right. Right. Yeah. And this is, I think it's a wet dream for the season one producers. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, yes. Oh, please. Make me feel good things. <laughs> <laughs> Over at Semburu, they are reacting to the knights and how they're tougher and colder than expected. And we get a good, a good old hang time with military Frank. Carl and Frank. Carl and Frank are just going to be dudes being bros for a while. Dudes huh? being bros, bros being dudes. <laughs> and Frank goes on about the youth are out here on vacation. The youths! The youth. I'm, ah, those dirty youths. We're shaking our fists. The youths. <laughs> old man yells at Cloud. Although this is... So we've seen, so far, some generational divides. Mm -hmm. Not usually because of generational divide, usually because, like, maybe, like, sure, BB. But, you know, rest in peace in our hearts, BB. <laughs> he was, everyone was against him. There was no way that's like, yeah, BB's right. Everyone's like, no, BB's an asshole. Yeah. The only time we've talked about, like, hey, we gotta get rid of the older people are because they were just weaker. Yeah. It's never been a, uh, young versus old thing. It's interesting that this is, and it's the older people that have the have equal numbers it's not like oh usually you only see like what two to three old people older people on a tribe mm -hmm. like thinking back for the first two seasons it wasn't really that many yeah so this divide is is interesting to me it's it's a little it's sort of puts some buru if they ever lose a challenge into an interesting predicament where their older people are the are a little weaker. Like, their older women are weaker than their younger women, but they mm -hmm. will probably still go after the younger women if they can convince Silas. It's, yeah. And that's kind of the key, is that they're not exactly... Or are they even numbers? Is they are. Four it's and four, four and four. If Silas stays Silas with the younger, it's four and four. I see. Okay. You're right. Yes, and we will talk about that after the challenge, because mm -hmm. that come that's a huge portion of this episode. Uh, they're trying to finish the shelter is the only other part that uh, other part before the challenge. They're, they're putting effort into this thing because the weather is starting to get to them. They're, I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. They're just sleeping in, on the dirt. Yeah. Like they're sleeping on the ground with, we see in other, you know, we see in Borneo, their shelter has a floor that's elevated. Yep. Australia was mixed. Um, it seems like one camp it was on the ground, one camp maybe it wasn't. Maybe they're both on the ground. But either way, the Australian ground, the Australian outback ground is more forgiving than the middle of the Kenyan desert. <laughs> but they don't have anything to, to put under them. I know. There's no You can't chop down a tree. No. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. So, tough luck. Enjoy your dirt. Yup. Enjoy your very cold dirt. It's yep. said later on, but like none of them have gotten a good night's sleep. Or uh, even like a passable night's sleep. I don't blame them. I, I don't know. I'm not a good sleeper in general. I just tried to sleep in a car yesterday and it didn't work out because I, I twisted into every shape and form to make that work. It didn't work. I'm very blessed. I can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. I hate you. Like I, tomorrow I will be waking up at five in the morning to go perform Macbeth for children. And I will sleep in the car on the way there, probably by putting my arm like on the window and just. <laughs> so maybe I would do good in Africa minus the diabetes. Sure. <laughs> oh, we're at the reward challenge. There, is, what you got to do in this reward challenge? You have to build a giant spiral staircase out of logs, big ass logs. But you have to haul those logs what two hundred meters in a. In a zigzagging pattern. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a long way. What I enjoyed about this, though, is it makes them cross paths. Interesting. I was going to say the opposite. Oh, go on. Because it leads to... It makes them cross paths, and mm -hmm. we see several times where it's like, ah, they have to wait for the other person. Like, it has the right of way. But at least once they get there kind of at the same time, and then you're just hoping you're playing a game of chicken where you hope the other one isn't or is going to stop correct but there's no like why didn't you just ram into them yeah that is the thing that i did i was a little concerned about like as a safety thing having those giant logs is very problematic in this situation yes survivor will continue to do this scenario where you cross paths in certain ways and you're just gonna have to strongest person or fastest person wins 
And when it's just your body, it's cool. Sure. Not while you're carrying a Lord of the Rings size battering ram. <laughs> That's less cool. And then someone has to sit out, and they do mention that you can't sit out in back-to-back challenges. This is the first time they've had somebody sit out, and the first time, or at least that they've talked about it and established this, which is, I think, the way they just do it going forward. I don't think it ever changes. It, I feel like it comes and goes. Or they just stop mentioning it, which is fine. I'm cool with that. Mm. But I feel like there have been times where I'm like, wait, you sat out in the last one. You shouldn't be able, eh, whatever. And then I get past it and we watch the episode because challenges are my favorite part. <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know challenges are your favorite part. Oh, challenges have always been my favorite part. I like challenges, but they're not my favorite part. Sure. Camp life is my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. That tracks. What about camp life makes you... What about it do you latch on to? The interpersonal dynamics mm-hmm. and the different chess games everyone's are playing. Yes. Now, we haven't gotten a bunch of that. We've gotten Rich playing chess in, in the first season and everyone else playing nothing backgammon not even that <laughs> um and then season two we get a everyone's kind of learning the first rules to checkers sure so <laughs> i'm excited to see more of it <laughs> they, yeah we're starting to get into some strategy and game planning mm-hmm. and honestly in the last episode the fact that there was a plan to put some pressure on clarence is it's, great it's huge yeah. it means people were talking and people were strategizing even though we didn't get to see it really Mm-hmm. We saw a little bit of it. Not enough that I could be like, oh, yeah, this is fun. I don't think it's going to happen, but there is also a world where Bronze overplaying their hand with that. Because, mm. like, you know, now Clarence knows at the merge, he's on the bottom. If your numbers are close with Samburu, he could just flip sides because he knows you guys are going after him. Sure. But that's way down the road. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, from a tribe perspective, are you less incentivized to keep the big strong muscular man in a more modern season where they could flip tribes they could end in a situation where you might have to drop your buff or go to a different tribe Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it could be i think the problem is clarence is so clearly the strongest person on either tribe Mm -hmm. that yeah that's a risk but like i just i still don't think you can get rid of him to merge it's it's not like if he was if it was Silas or Lex mm-hmm. or Ethan like yeah those are all decently strong dudes I mean Lex doesn't seem like that strong but he seems pretty resilient sure it, you know but they're not going to be like a game changer Clarence is built like a brick shit house he is b- muscular and he is big. I will not be surprised if we see him win a team challenge on his own at some point <laughs> in this season and you have to keep that around yeah. All right. So we're building giant spiral staircases. This one is pretty neck and neck for most of it. Mm-hmm. Again, until almost the last leg when someone, or Kim, Kim yeah. falls. Really. Kim on Baran. Yeah, Kim on Baran falls, kind of seals the deal, and Samburu wins again. Yeah, I had one problem with this challenge. Go on. Outside of the crisscrossing paths and having a battering ram that you weren't allowed to use, (laughs) because of course you weren't. Um, Why did we start with the biggest logs first and then get to the smallest? The challenge should have made them start with the smallest and end at the biggest. I'm wondering, because they have interns or production crew go through these and do them first Mm -hmm. so that people know how to film it and know what it is they're looking at. And... I'm wondering if they tried that and realized, oh, these people are getting gassed. We can't make it harder and harder as mm. it goes. They're not going to finish this. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> if if we start to lower the weight as they get tired, maybe it balances out and then we can get a, a competitive game. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It's just a theory. But it was it was a well-shot challenge. Um, and you're right, it was really close until Kim on Baran fell and frankly blew it for her team. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't see any cameraman in the shot this time. Well, that's good. We'll call it a win. <laughs> and then after we get back to camp, Kim is calling herself out here. Is is saying, I I screwed up. It was my day to screw up. Essentially admitting to the entire tribe, hey, I'm sorry, I screwed this up. Please keep me around. Please, I, I know that we're... The precedent is set that when people screw up in a challenge, they go home. But please don't. 
Kind of. I don't think the precedent's been set of that. I mean, we have we have several examples. The number one that comes to my head is Kelly. They're past the merge. It was season one. Wait, no, no, they weren't. I'm sorry. This is pre-merge. Kelly Wigglesworth on Borneo messing up the whitewater rafting challenge and she was fine. Mm-hmm. There's probably other examples that I can't think of off the top of my head. Sure. But, but yeah, I mean, she was, she definitely felt the heat from that. I think she got a little too self conscious. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. A little too self-conscious. It was making a bit of too big of a display of it. Like I think a simple, like, Hey guys, my bad. I yeah. screwed up. I'm sorry. We'll do better next time was enough. I think that this is interesting, though, because they have now lost two challenges in a row. Yeah. And it was. It was the person who was, who screwed up the challenge in the last one. That oh, got I see what you're out. saying. The precedent for this season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But one is not precedent. One is coincidence. And it's also a reward challenge. Sure. Makes sense. Oh, was there anything about that challenge that you wanted to, to call out? No, we, we kind of went through it already. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I hit all my points. Cool. We stay at Boran, where Jesse is struggling to drink water. Yep, getting the full Varner treatment. Yeah, and they do. They stay on her for a long time. People are like, hey, can I get you anything? Are you keeping anything down? Are you throwing up? And they're describing the water is just, it tastes terrible. Yeah, why does it taste bad? Well, I, they said it's like sludge, which I guess if you're, I don't know, like the water hole seems like there's, Seems like there's spots where you can get water that isn't, like, full of mud. Sure. And when you're boiling it, it shouldn't really have a taste at that point. Unless it's what they're... They mentioned that the gourds maybe make it taste bad. Possibly. I don't know. It it does seem like that is a collection problem if you're getting sludge and extra pieces in your water. Yeah. Would production step in if that's the problem, or... I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like production is going to step in for anything short of a medevac this season. I mean, they didn't Fair. step in that we saw when Diane literally was unconscious. Yeah. So. Essentially, she's she's throwing up. She's shaking. She's weak. People are, I forget who it is. Someone checks on her and she gives Ethan. like, Ethan. Mm-hmm. And she gives like a snippy response. And you're like, oh, that's that's not how you do this. I don't know. It didn't even read as snippy to me. He took it snippy, but it just it just kind of like seemed to me like she was like, I just need people to leave me alone so I could have some space and like okay. breathe and drink water. That's fair. And yeah, either way, like she should be at a doctor's office, not in the middle of Africa <laughs> at this point. And then we get a, a long, long, longer than it needs to be zoom in on her crusty lips. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this season of having these really intense close-up shots it's what christian called it. it it is suffer porn yeah yeah it's like oh yeah let's get let's get in and see all the cracks in her dry crusty lips so you can see the suffering in low resolution <laughs> i almost said high resolution but it was not that not definitely not high resolution we're in standard vision baby <laughs> mm, beautiful <laughs> and then we flip over to samburu where ooh. Now we have the strategy. Mm-hmm. The old people are trying to draw Silas in. Which the old people are Carl, Linda, Frank, and Teresa. Okay. I believe. That makes sense. And those are all old people names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Carl. Carl, we love you. Carl. <laughs> and then, yeah, Silas is the one that they're trying to flip. Yes. So what they do, they invite silas to go get water essentially it's it's the three guys and maybe someone else there was one other i can't remember which maybe Teresa. sounds right they go to get water where they're trying to convince him hey we're a solid four like you want in on this we can run this tribe yeah that's five it's it, no one can stop us which we get our first Frank quote of the episode, <laughs> and the only one I have for this episode. Silas asks if Linda is solid, and he says, Linda's so concrete, she's buried at the bottom of the Hoover Dam. I wrote this exact quote, too, just because it's so outlandish. It's and so ridiculous. It, I, It's a very visual quote. Thank you for that, but man. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, okay, so if you're Silas, uh-huh. and this group approaches you, what do you do? I think... 
you do what if I was him, I do what he does and play both sides. Sure. Or at least play nice. But let's pretend that let's pretend for a second that some uh, some Buru loses this challenge. Sure. What do you do? And it's not like one person in particular that that mm-hmm. loses them the challenge. It's just yeah. You have to take a look. Well, okay. I guess the way I read it, Silas can either be the strong person in the weaker younger group mm-hmm. or one of the an even strength person with this older group and possibly an outcast and an easy when we get to five boom you're gone that's the problem is like the, the numbers wise it makes more mm-hmm. sense to go with the older group but you're right if you if your plan works and you get to the final five unless you win immunity you're probably going home sure I mean, you do have several weeks to bond with them, right? This is very early in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't like, hey, you know, we've all had two and a half weeks to bond, and now we want to bring you in. Mm -hmm. This is day five. So, you know, maybe there's a chance that you, that Teresa and Linda end up liking you more than Frank, or more than Carl, or Carl and Frank like you more than Linda, or whatever. So I think with all those variables, I think if you're Silas, I think you have to go with the older crew personalities outside of that because i would not want to hang out with frank and carl for 39 days okay yeah that's fair you do have to choose who who you can stand to be around a little bit yeah but i i as much as i don't like frank i kind of agree with his read here that the 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 three younger people Lindsay, brandon and kim are not prepared yeah they they are prepared for the social game, mm-hmm. but they are they have not prepared themselves for Africa. Correct. And it again, you got to make that choice. So he he says he's on board, or at least gives the impression that he's on board yeah. with these older crew. And then they go back, and the young people get suspicious immediately. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, they came back a little too chummy, and I I'm not quite sure what to make of that. And then they go out, I think it was Silas and Frank, go out into just kind of like an open area and are continue their conversation from the well, mm-hmm. where, like, all right, who are we going to pick out? Who's going first? We're going in this order. And then someone... I think it was Lindsay. I think it is Lindsay, like, follows them. Yeah. And overhears what they're talking about, like, full on, because Frank is not subtle in the slightest, to the no. point where Silas is like, dude... You gotta be careful, man. Silas was trying to like be like, hey, hey, there's someone coming, there's someone coming. And he just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. It's a lot of fun, though. But I don't think that the younger four are gonna be able to flip anybody. I mean, you're right. Like, but- I don't think you can flip Linda, Teresa, Frank, or Carl to be on your side. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. And uh, does it matter, though? Well, for, if they if they don't flip somebody and Silas doesn't go with the older crew, then you have 4-4 four, four split. Mm-hmm. Then you're... And nobody will have any votes. Right. So at that point, you are basing your survivor future on who can win a game of trivia. <laughs> I would love to see it. We might. <laughs> we might. I don't think we will. <laughs> uh, at Boran, we're essentially... We have gone from fish economy to water economy. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> food out of the question. We're not, if you're talking about food? No, no. We need water. Yeah. It, where the guys are essentially getting the water and the girls are kind of figuring out, oh, maybe we should throw a, a, a girls alliance in here. Maybe we should. Uh, these never work. These never work. But we can make it work. Uh, <laughs> it never works for anyone else, but... It's, it can work for us. <laughs> it's essentially... The game is breeding paranoia. Yeah. And and this is something I, d- I don't understand. Because we see people off talking to each other and all of that in Baran. And sometimes like, some people are talking strategy. Some people probably aren't. How are people not paranoid in season one? I know. How are you just going with the flow and... Like, oh, if I get voted out, I get voted out. No. Do something about it. This is what I expected. Because these this is... So far, ex- minus the horrible conditions, Africa is what I expected season one to be. Mm-hmm. I expected there to be this underlying human instinct 
to be paranoid in a social game where people are voting and they are talking to each other without you. Yeah. And it just doesn't exist until season <laughs> three, which is insane. It it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense that that is just starting to appear. Maybe it's you needed time for the the show to be on air and people to get a hang of what this game actually is. Yeah. But still, I expected a little more out of season two. Yeah. No, I, I, I guess, like, and they all had the opinion in season one that, like, oh, well, you know, it'll be a merits-based show. But I just, I just don't. I cannot believe this was not the baseline. I can't believe it took us three seasons to get here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally at Samburu, Lindsay confronts Silas. Mm-hmm. And I think she sees this. She see. Well, I mean, she heard Frank, so she knows what's going on. And he says he's solid with Lindsay, mm. but she is very clear and she knows, are you telling this to everyone? Yeah. Like, is this a you and me to the end, but you're telling seven people the same thing? It made me excited for Lindsay because that's a ballsy move yep. to go out there and, and follow them. Yep. And she's not laying down and dying, similar to Elizabeth last season, but it's very early. Yes. And yeah, like... Being like, oh, I smell something fishy here. I don't think Silas is being honest with me. Although she did say, I thought we were just all out here having a fun camping trip. And I'm like, why would you still think that? Yeah, please don't say that. How would you still think that? Uh, don't, don't do that. You're giving Frank the thing, the ammo he needs. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she said it to us or if she said it to Silas. I don't remember if it was a confessional or not. But like... How do you still think that after watching two seasons of this game? <laughs> Kelly says something kind of similar, actually, on Baran, where she says, Oh, I didn't, I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't prepare myself to have to, like, work for my food and water. And I'm like, what were you expecting? Ah, uh, my dude. And I, I understand when people say that it's harder than they thought it would be, because of mm-hmm. course it is. And also, this season looks fucking brutal already. <laughs> but that's such a stupid thing to say. It is. It's... Confessional or not, that's... If you weren't prepared, you maybe keep that to yourself. You were not emotionally prepared for this game, and it is day six, and you are screwed unless yeah. you make a change. <laughs> Got to take a, look, take a look at yourself and make <laughs> a change. <laughs> we're at the immunity challenge. They, they get their mail, and they know it's a food challenge or <laughs> yep. an eating challenge. Well, they expect bugs. They expect... I expected bugs. Uh-huh. But uh, it's not, not going to be that. All the girls are excited, except for Jesse. So something something to look forward to there. We get to the challenge. Jeff brings everyone in. There's not a whole lot there. It's just kind of like a mini bar like you would have in your home. I call this the Disney Worldification of Africa. Yeah. Like, all right, here's Cafe Africa. <laughs> but I'm all, all right. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. To which Jeff is like, hey, we're going to partake in some African delicacy today. Like, okay. I fully expected more Disneyfication of Africa. Sure. They bring in a cow. Was not expecting this. Was not expecting this. This is a full on, like, was it a cow or was it a bull? Uh, It was cattle. They didn't specify. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. They, They bring it forward. They, this... These are actual African tribe people, mm-hmm. and they bring the cow. One of which get... Jeff keeps referring to as Charles. Yeah. And I was like, that's not his name. It might be. I kind of hope it is. I mean, it's, I, listen. It's absolutely not his parent-given name, but if that's what he goes by, I'm all for it. Sure, and it could, yeah, I, who knows. And, you know, European expansion got everywhere over the course of the nineteen or the 20th century, the 1900s. I, I did write down Sub Charles. <laughs> yeah, Sub Charles. <laughs> um, and maybe that's just the way, that's that's the name he gives to white people because he doesn't want to try to teach them his real name. That's fair. Did think it was funny, though. <laughs> anyway, the, the three or four tribes people come in. They hold the cattle down. One person takes a bow with, like, a small little spear and puncture a hole into the cattle. And it's jugular. It's jugular. Mm-hmm. Essentially creating a cow drinking fountain of yep. blood. Yep. And they explain that this is they this is how they survive. Like, it's... It, they're trading off with the land. They're not trying to kill the cow. No. They are 
I mean, they cleanse the the wound area. I don't think that's something that they always do. I'm sure. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But they then clean up the wound. They stop the bleeding, and then the cow continues to live, and we'll do this again later. Like you can see the puncture marks from other times that they did this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And once he Jeff went to pains to talk about how much like how revered cows were mm-hmm. and our cattle were and how important it is to these tribes. And the moment he started doing that and I saw all the puncture wounds, I was like, I know it's coming. <laughs> I ah, know what shit. this is. Yeah, real wild. Absolutely. So they get a full pitcher of cow's blood. blood. Yeah. And then they mix it with milk. Some creamer. Yes, some <laughs> some creamer for your I blood. I take my blood with creamer and Splenda, please. Uh, would you like uh, one or two? <laughs> as much as you can pour in there. Gotcha. Would be great. <laughs> So they, they mix this together, the blood and the milk. I forget who says it, but it's an African Chianti. I don't I didn't catch that. Someone says it, like, oh haha, it's wine. It's not wine, it's blood. Gross. <laughs> I think of the three food challenges we've seen, this would be the easiest one. Agreed. Yeah. Especially because it's shots. Like, I can throw I've listen, I've done shots in Malort. Like, <laughs> I can do a shot of bloody milk. Sure. And, and actually, when you're this hungry, probably tastes kind of good. This is something, in in a weird way, that Americans are slightly prepped for. Because you we know how to take shots. We know, or not everybody does, but people train themselves in, all right, let me shoot this alcohol without tasting it. Yeah. It there are ways and there's tricks to get around it. If you have a bug that is too big for your mouth, then you cannot do the same. Nope. It does not work that way. You can't trick your brain into, oh, um, let me just throw this down while it's still wriggling. Liquid is easier than solid. Yes. It also has milk in it. You're starving. I, this almost seemed like too easy of a challenge. Yes. Which is, I mean, they got into it and every single person did it yeah everyone finished it there was nobody that really looked like they struggled there's no one that hesitated there's no jervis like struggling to put the grub in his mouth right there were a couple like slight hesitations yeah mostly from some of the women but linda linda struggled a little bit yeah which is why linda eventually gets pulled for the tiebreaker yeah but I, I don't know. I thought the the image of blood running down people's the corner of people's mouth was such a startling image, mm. especially on national television and all over their tongue and on yeah. their teeth. Yeah, because like I don't know the in the mouth where they have to show their tongue. I'm like, okay, whatever. But blood just seeping down and running down your neck. I'm like, this is gruesome. This is like a vampire. TV show. Yeah, this is scoop and approved. <laughs> oh no! Well, he would just rub it on his face, uh, which Frank did, by the way. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, you're right. Frank is the less charismatic and less child predatory, I think, version of scooping. <laughs> you got a good point here. Can't argue with that. Huh. <sighs> so we get into a tiebreaker. This tiebreaker, they're first asked, all right, pick your pick someone from the other tribe, a la season two, where they had to yeah. do the same thing. And season one, for that matter. Yeah. We've, we've never had a food challenge that hasn't gone to tiebreaker. That's true. Crazy. Which is weirder, because in season two, they actually both failed one. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, because season one, season two was a race. Season one... No, no, season two was a race, where they, they both had to eat the same thing. It was whoever ate it first, right? No, it was a wheel, and yeah. both people had to finish, and if you couldn't finish, then you didn't get a point. The tiebreaker was a race. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both the season one and the season two, the tiebreaker was a race. Same here. This is going to be a race, but first they pick their opponents, Kelly and Linda, but they're... Oh, go ahead. I was surprised they didn't pick Jesse. Because Jessie's, like, visibly ill. I know that we know that, and they don't, but, like, mm-hmm. you can look at her, and she's, like, not doing sure. well. They, I wonder how well they hid that, or, yeah. I mean... And Jessie did the challenge perfectly fine, but so did Kelly, so I was, yeah. was kind of surprised by the choice. Yeah. It's, 
I'm wondering, so I was thinking this during the challenge, do you, knowing and watching this and seeing everyone kind of do this really well, at what point do you start to gameplay? And if you know that you can do this, like, give a fake gag, give a... <laughs> trying to get them to pick you. Mm. That's a good point. I wonder if any of them did that. It, it didn't look like it. Yeah. Unless they just cut that out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe Linda did, because she did a lot better on the tiebreaker <laughs> than she did in the shot. Yeah. So the tiebreaker is only blood, no milk. And it's uh, a much larger... It's, so it's much not a blood. shot. It's like a, a highball glass. a pint glass. glass. Yeah. A pint glass. Yeah. I don't know a pint. It was somewhere in between. Okay. But still, a lot of blood. You get your standard 21-ounce Pepsi of blood. Mm, delicious. <laughs> and Linda wins it for Samburu, and Kelly comes back and says later on in a confessional, I couldn't even chug beer in college. Well, this isn't carbonated, so it should be easier. Yeah, it should be easier, and I'm... I mean, minus the taste, I'm sure it was easier yeah. to get the liquid down. But in a speed challenge, I kind of, I did expect Kelly to to beat the the older lady. Yeah, I expected it too, especially because it seemed like Linda struggled the first time. But no, yeah. Linda crushed it, and I want to say that uh, Kelly had a good three four ounces left. So it, yeah, it wasn't close. It wasn't close by any means. So we have to go back to Boran, who's now lost three in a row, three challenges in a row. That's brutal, man. It. How do you come back from that? Ogacor did. Ah, you got a good point. Clarence is pushing for a weak woman to go. Stating that we're getting beat by their women, not by their men. Which I think he's right. He is right. I mean, the, it, it sounds super sexist and super, uh, like, okay, you're trying to save your butt here, but... He does have a point that the people who have been falling down, the people who have really cost us the challenge in these tight moments at the end, have been the ladies. Yeah. One, there's a really odd, like, the show tries to hide it, but it's an obvious answer. Like, for the second vote in a row, it's it's the person who's sick. It's the person who is has been beaten by the elements. It has to be. It who does. Who are you going to get rid of? It really does. <laughs> But they do. You're right. They do try to hide it. Ethan wants Clarence gone. Tom talked about how he already fired his warning shot. So it's trying to leave it to a bit of ambiguity mm-hmm. of oh maybe they're going after him, maybe not. I don't know. Also, just to point out, Tom's such a condescending asshole. Yeah. I I don't even think I'm gonna have fun dogging on Tom because Tom just makes me feel gross <laughs> when he's on the screen. Like sure. as much as I hated Keith. I never felt gross when Keith opened his mouth. I I just don't... Tom gives me very bad vibes. Again, I just feel like he is moments away from calling Clarence the N-word at any given moment. Mm. With a hard R. It's just a, it's just a gut feeling, but it, it just feels like it's right there. I hope that he doesn't. Well, I, would, I know the answer, so I'm not going to dote on that too much, but... Yeah. Okay. It's fun. We're sitting on the edge of our seats waiting for Tom to do something racist. Like, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tom's talking about Clarence again. Hello. Uh. And then right after that, we go immediately to Tribal Council. I don't. I didn't write anything down for Tribal Council. Did you have it was anything? Boring. It was pretty boring. Yeah. There wasn't any... It fun. was a lot of like, let's talk about trust again. Yeah. Let's drag Clarence through the mud again. Yeah. There weren't really any hard-hitting okay. questions. It's almost like they were trying to get Clarence voted out here. I think they were. I think they were trying to make it just more entertaining. Because what are you going to say? Like, ah, so some of your tribes real fucking sick. <laughs> are you guys going to vote her out? <laughs> but she does. She says in tribal that I'm feeling great, and maybe after the blood that she drank and the protein and the liquid, yeah, it might. Maybe she is feeling better. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I maybe maybe I I think she was. Oh, it's, to try it to was stay. definitely an act. And she knows it's her. She When she goes to put her vote in, she's like, you know, she knows she's going home. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she says, but she says it along the lines of like, yeah, it's probably me, but like, fuck you, Clarence. <laughs> fuck you, Clarence. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty unanimous decision again. Yeah. Everyone voted for Jesse, except for Jesse and Tom again. And Tom again. Hmm. Because... 
I forgive, but I never forget. Uh huh. That's not forgiving if you keep punishing them. Yeah. You're not forgiving if you uh, continue to remind them of that yeah. s- situation. That's... I forgive you, but I'm also going to bring it up all the time and still actively punish you for it at any given opportunity. I'm going to actively make sure that you are not here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you didn't forgive. No. <laughs> Jesse goes home. Thoughts about Jesse. How would Jesse do in future? I, so I, I will say I'm kind of bummed because I... In the first episode, I really liked Jessie, mm-hmm. and then we didn't really get a lot of her. Sure. Uh, but, like, the glimpses of her personality we saw, I really liked. Um, I thought she was more interesting than, like, Kim on her own team. Like, yeah. I would have rather had Kim go home from what we've seen. That could change when we get more of Kim. So, Kelly, or uh, Jessie, rather, seems to me uh, sort of like a, like, the type of, like, a Lindsay from 42 without saying anything about, like, places or anything like that. I think in a season that wasn't actively also trying to murder her, like Australia, but ten times worse. Ah. Like she seems she's a cop. She's she seems like she's in really good shape. Like mm-hmm. I could totally see her doing well in the challenges, mm-hmm. having a good social game. Like the little bits of her that we see is pretty charismatic. So she's a bit of a wild card just because we didn't get to see her play much. But I was excited for her. I'm kinda bummed she's gone. Hmm. Jesse will not come back. Yeah, no. That makes sense. <laughs> Jesse uh, Interesting trivia from the Survivor Wiki. Jesse is the first castaway to be originally from outside of, er, from a U.S. territory. She's oh, from Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Yeah, not didn't <clears throat> live in Puerto Rico at the time, but sure. Very interesting. Jesse goes on to quit being a deputy sheriff and Good. goes into acting. Good. Yeah, uh, is in. Not like a star of show, but is doing supporting roles in in multiple different scenarios. I'm looking at some of the more relevant ones. Reno 911. Oh, wow. Okay. Choopy Choopy in Reno 911 in six episodes. Hmm. But six episodes in a network Kelvin show is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. It just looks like multiple roles in plenty of movies, some of which look a little more bit part, like police officer in sure. Emily the Criminal and I'm like yeah that makes sense but still he's working and is has credits from 2005 all the way up to upcoming credits wow now so an actively working actor actively working hmm. is I mean not successful in like big name situation but successful in is currently still working yeah so where the goalposts are to be a quote unquote successful actor are fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. She has made a profession. Uh-huh. And seemingly a a living... Like, that's... I don't know if she's doing anything else, but at times, at least her only profession, acting. Yeah. That's successful. You I don't say, have to be Tom fucking Hanks to be a successful actor. In some ways, I would almost prefer that. I always wanted that to be my career when I wanted to be an actor. To be... Uh, in the backgrounds, but in a lot of different backgrounds, so you wouldn't weren't recognizable, but you could always be getting that credit. Yeah, I was always worried about burning myself, sure. um, which doesn't seem to be a problem anymore in 2022 Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It, probably because of social media and giving exposure to people instead of just the parts they play. Sure, but yeah, no, playing playing smaller roles so that I could continue to work and not get burned. <laughs> yeah, I I think I would enjoy the smaller, famous, like recurring bit part on that one sitcom. But maybe someone would recognize me on the street, but I'm not being constantly harassed by <laughs> everyone that goes by. Right. Yeah. Who is your protagonist of the episode? It's sort of all over the place, this episode. I don't think this episode has a very strong narrative structure. I would agree with that. But I... I so I'm actually going to say it's uh, Silas right now. Even though he was on the tribe that wasn't voted out, mm-hmm. uh, the most gameplay is happening around Silas over yeah. on Samburu. And I, I actually kind of feel like there's three tribes right now. I feel like there's Baran, which is incredibly unified. Mm-hmm. Samburu, which is split into two with Silas kind of hanging out between the two. Yeah. And that, so a lot of the action was based around Clarence from Clarence, the fall of Clarence from last episode, but doesn't really have any movement in that. And Silas, where there's actively stuff happening. Yeah. And I think the, the preview from the episode prior definitely hints at that, that this is a heavy Silas episode. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Any final thoughts before we jump to the ending of this episode? I put the over under at six episodes 
before Tom says a racial slur. <laughs> Mark so, that down. If you have Tom says a racial slur on your <laughs> Survivor Bingo, get ready. <laughs> Bumper. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you for hanging with us. We just came back from a break. We're excited to do this again. We're about to record another episode, so this next one coming out for Thursday will be all ready for you guys, and there will be no no more breaks. No more breaks. No more. Ever yeah. again. <laughs> How much shit am I going to drop while we record this episode? A lot. <laughs> Apparently, we need to drop everything. Usually, it's me, so I'm glad it's you. But you know what we shouldn't drop? What? The da-da-da. Don't drop the da <laughs> I don't know what that is. All right. <laughs> anything getting, anything you'd like to promote I was literally about to ask you the same question cool yeah i would like to promote getting your immune system used to the world being open again uh i mean i know it was this time last year too but like i feel like everyone i know is getting sick with non-covid related stuff because we yeah. spent two years masked up and inside yeah so like go lick lampposts they'll get your immune system better that i do not recommend doing that the legal note the survivor turning back time podcast does not recommend licking lampposts uh i hate that we have to put that in an episode but yeah okay <laughs> That's fine. I am going to promote using your Thanksgiving leftovers, if we're recording this just after Thanksgiving. Use your Thanksgiving leftovers to make a boss-ass sandwich. Like turkey on bread, maybe some mashed potatoes in there, maybe some corn, throw gravy on top of it and heat that bitch up. Mm. I wasn't going to see your food today, but now you're making it. I don't have any. Oh, I'll find some. Well, I don't... I don't... Okay. (laughs) For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, who's going to now give me food, this is Jared. I need to go find a lock for my fridge. Bye-bye! Bye-bye. <laughs>